What's up, everybody? You are listening to Switch Flicks, the podcast where we love and hate movies at the same time. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm with my favorite astronaut. Hi, Sam. Hello. You know, Hi, Sam. Uh, my ex-girlfriend actually used to be an astronaut. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Like, she didn't tell me directly. But uh, why else would she be asking for so much space? <laughs> Today, we're reviewing Ad Astra. The rules of the podcast are simple. Haisam and I review something. One of us will have to love it. One of us will have to hate it. And who does what will be determined by the flip of a coin. The coin of fate? The coin of fate. The coin of fate? The catch is that at any point in our debate, we can use the switch to change positions. So if you loved it, you now hate it. And if you hated it, you now love it. Spoilers as always. Let us begin with our patented one breath synopsis. Ad Astra is a 2019 American science fiction adventure film produced, co-written, and directed by James Gray, starring Brad Pitt, Jamie Lee Jones, Ruth Negga, Liv Tyler, and Donald Sutherland. In the near future, Earth's solar system is struck by a mysterious power surge threatening all human life after surviving an incident caused by the surge. Major Roy McBride, son of famed astronaut H. Clifford McBride, is informed by U.S. Space Command Spacecom that the surges have been traced to the Lima Project, created to search the farthest solar system for intelligent life under Clifford's leadership, from whom nothing has been heard for 16 years after reaching Neptune. Informed that Clifford may still be alive, Roy accepts a mission to try travel to Mars to try and establish communication with him, joined by his father's old so associate, Colonel Pruitt. Good job. Thank you. I was practicing because this is a space movie and there's no oxygen in space. That makes sense. This is why you're so stupid, because no oxygen went to your head. I'm now about to flip the coin of fate. If it lands on heads, you have to love this film. If it lands on tails, you have to hate it. Here goes nothing. Heads. So I love this film. And I hate it. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Sunshine. Solaris. Interstellar. This great pantheon of human-centered space epics has a new member. Ad Astra. Simply the best movie of the year. They should rename this movie <laughs> Subtract Astra. So what? <laughs> Subtract, not add. Subtract oh, okay. Astra. Okay. Uh, this movie is nothing. It is a ponderous pretentious, plodding, empty shell of a movie. It is a metaphor it's a disguised. Lot of it's a lot. It is a lot of peace. <laughs> it's a lot of peace. This movie is a metaphor disguised as a plot. It is, and it's a metaphor that's not even yeah, subtle. They're just yeah, hitting a, it over your head with it over and over again. This movie was terrible. I, what I liked about this film was summed up in two words, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt was just brilliant. Brad Pitt made me forget that I was sitting next to a gremlin the entire movie. <laughs> you. <laughs> How I feel about this film can be summed up in word, one word. Pits. <laughs> this movie was uh, the pits. It stunk like an armpit. It should be thrown into a pit. Right? Mm -hmm. let's, let's actually... Okay, so you want to talk about Brad Pitt's performance. Yes. He gives a nothing performance. A nothing performance? How he, dare you? He is... Well, just a, because he's not like acting... He's not like yelling and jumping and, and, and freaking no, blowing things up the whole time. He is doing... That's what you're used to. He's doing nothing in the film. He's he is doing a that. Blank He's traveling slate. across the the solar system. That should be more interesting than this film is. He is a blank slate with barely any uh, any expressions. He is pretty much doing kind of similar thing to, you know, he's doing Ryan Gosling mm -hmm. is what I think. He's doing a lesser version of what Ryan Gosling does, which is look broodingly out the window, which but is this what? time into uh, space. Which is what be an amazing actor, uh say m a lot without having to speak. You know, uh, 
Oh, that's not true at all. Yes, absolutely. The, the director has so little faith in Brad Pitt's acting in this film that he is constantly putting in voiceover to describe exactly how Brad Pitt is feeling because he's so blank. It's like I felt really alone. I felt really sad. This voiceover is on throughout the film over and over again. So, let me get something straight. Because this this movie had layers to it and was a metaphor and actually had meaning to it and something that was deeper than just an action-packed adventure film, you didn't enjoy it. No, that's not what I said at all. Now you're putting words in my mouth. Mm-hmm. This movie did not have an actual metaphor. It was so shallow and then it spent over 2 hours just hammering that same shallow thing over. It didn't have layers. It had one layer that it explained over and over and over again. Switch. This movie had more layers and more dimensions than you would think that space itself has. <laughs> it is deep, it is meaningful, it has some it says something about life, about human existence, but is also an excellent space film. This movie just kept stealing from other movies and then slapping it together for its own sake. So you could see shades of 2001, shades of Mad Max, shades of Event Horizon, shades of uh you know Armageddon. They even had Liv Tyler and Tommy Lee Jones and they even had the cinematographer from Interstellar. So this director was basically like, how can I make the best pastiche of other films possible and slap Brad Pitt into it? And that's what he did. This movie takes the best from our history of cinema and creates something wholly unique with it. It does have the cinematographer from uh, Interstellar Van Hoyt, is that Hoyt Van Hoytma? Van 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 Hoytman, whatever Hoytman, 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 and he does an exceptional job. It was almost like he was using Interstellar as like his first practice draft because okay. that's what it looks like compared to this. It is so beautiful and unique. This movie it looks unique. It does not I look mean, like any of the other space you know films. Grab a hundred million dollars, slap in Hoyt Van Hoytma. Throw in a couple of talented people, and you'll have something that's this uh, movie, that's by the way, decent. has a budget of eighty million dollars. So it doesn't even have a budget of hundred million dollars. It is a smaller budgeted film, and a smaller budgeted film at eighty million dollars. Yes, of course. You're saying that to me with a straight face. Yeah, eighty million dollars is a small budget. Uh, I don't think so. It had a very let me put this way. Interstellar budget. cost more than double of that. Yeah, but right. This, that, that, so we're not measuring things based but on. But you the are. You're the one that that you that are the one who said take a hundred million dollars. Yeah, it is expensive. Is a substantial amount of money. You are a director. You understand how expensive it is to make a movie, especially something so uh, special effects driven. And so you understand, eighty million dollars not a big budget for something like this. Switch. Eighty million dollars is a waste of money. They might as well put it in a rocket, shoot it into space. <laughs> You know how they say, uh, you know, uh, show, show don't, don't tell. tell. This movie is all tell. You know, my problem is, is that it's so easy to criticize a movie because of it having a voiceover narrated. There's nothing wrong with having this voiceover narration. It makes it feel like a book. It makes it feel like there's a voice that's carrying you the whole time. No, but I enjoyed the voiceover narration, and I think that it's really cheap for someone to look at a movie and say, "Oh, well, because it's got a voiceover narration, that it's somehow less." It's not. No, you're you're misrepresenting what I said. I didn't say because it has a voiceover narration, it's bad. It is what he says. He literally says exactly what he's feeling at all times, what's going through his head. And if that wasn't enough, not only do they have the voiceover, they then have this whole device where he's. talking to the 
you know, he's recording those voice logs to do his emotional reaction, where then again he reinstates what he's feeling, what we have already heard in the voiceover, and what we've already seen in the acting. And it connects you deeper to him. I mean, I'm done with these movies that are so, oh, intellectualized. They're trying to, oh, hey, uh, you know what? You just got to read into it and just look into his eyes and just understand the context of his face. No, you know what? They did a great job of expressing how I felt. They did a great job because this was a human-centric film that was focused on Brad Pitt the entire time. So, hell yeah, you want to know what he's This thinking. was a human centipede film <laughs> where <laughs> it is space. one person's <laughs> digested shit going into oh, another's mouth and then what? over and over again no. and like us give, giving us a space turd. A space turd? That's what this film was, right? This film is about a man coping with the loss of his father. That's what this film is about. And its backdrop of this space epic traveling from one side of the solar system to the other side was all about him coming to terms with the loss of his father and actually accepting it and letting him go. It is about bereavement. Switch. I would have rather been bereaved <laughs> than watch this movie. I wish that I had died choking on popcorn <laughs> instead of sitting in this film. This plodding, slow, boring, <laughs> just drawn out, overbearing movie that really didn't think that its audience was smart enough to understand, so it had to spell everything <laughs> out for them. <laughs> this movie is both exciting, it is, it is, it is what, you, what the audience member wants from it. For those looking for exciting uh -huh. set pieces, it has those, and it has some of the most beautiful uh, set pieces I've seen, some of the most thrilling set pieces, mm -hmm. like just the opening, the cold open where he's on the space antenna, it is so amazing that sequence where he just falls and you see and it feels so realistic we watched this movie in Dolby and I was just and, blown away I was on the edge of my seat couldn't save it I mean all of the nice sound surround sound and 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 pretty pictures couldn't save this film from being just a boring mess what ended up happening with this film is that it was marketed as being some kind of action movie in space so when we went into the film we were all thinking oh there's going to be some 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 exciting arcs in this film and it did gonna, it was going to take you from one moment to the the only action sequence that was in this film was in the trailer and that's this this ridiculous looking dune buggy chase on the moon with space pirates that and was laser guns one of the most laser guns did you just did you just hear the sentence you just said <laughs> dune buggy car chase with moon pirates with laser guns <laughs> And you're complaining about that? Yeah, ridiculous. You know, like, that, what do you think we are, children? Like, that was, and hollering and the laser it was, guns? It was one of the most unique chase sequences I have ever seen. Yeah, the sound well, design the and the smallest. way that movie is yeah. shot is amazing. A chase sequence in zero gravity. Like, come on, we're just, like, floating around. All this other. sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know? And, like, and then, like, okay, you know, uh, all right, what do they have against America? Huh? All right, what do, they, <laughs> what do they have against America? Let me ask you, all right? That Nothing. NASA is some kind of a, a, an evil force that's hiding uh, the, the, the horrible things that this, this astronaut did. Yeah, yeah. And then you see him with the American flag, and then instead of praising him, they put him down and they turn him into a monster. Okay, I'm not even going to acknowledge that point because it is so, like, out of nowhere and makes no sense and has nothing to do with this film I'm whatsoever. I'm just saying, all right, the problem with this film is that is NASA? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it's 
What it's doing, all right, it's saying that space travel yes. is going to be compromised by capitalism. Okay. So they're against capitalism. What do they have against <laughs> capitalism? All right, Applebee's is on the moon. Yeah. You've got like that uh, is such a Fuddruckers that or it, whoever. Its vision of the future is second to none. It is so amazing uh, what they do here. It is a realistic depiction of what would probably space travel was probably going to be like. And it's it's regarded as being some kind of uh, negative thing that you have a nice place to eat on the moon. You know what? There's nothing <laughs> wrong with going to Applebee's on the moon. I'd love to go to Applebee's on the moon. All right? And pay $120 for, okay, uh, for I get a it. You you really like right? Applebee's. Okay. <laughs> Are they sponsoring <laughs> the episode? Unfortunately not, but Applebee's, if you want to sponsor any of our episodes, let us know. Okay, okay yeah. I mean, All I'm saying is great that... Great place to go with your family. <laughs> <laughs> All right? This, this kind of, you know, uh, commercialized version of space travel. All right? All they did was take regular, regular flight and superimpose it onto a moon flight. And they imagined what it would be like. <laughs> Every detail. This movie is so detail-oriented that it paints misses this the picture. Misses the big picture. It, no, it, <laughs> what's, the, what's the big picture that it misses? The big picture is that people don't want this this depressing, all right, idea that that this uh, this lone man, this madman is off in space uh, uh, murdering people in order to fulfill this obsession that he has but to the look at to try to find life on other planets and then, spoiler alert, there's nothing out there. Go kill yourself because you're all alone <laughs> in the universe and nobody wants you. That's not the message of this film okay. at all. It's, all right. It is actually ends on an incredibly hopeful uh, moment about human interaction and why we must care for each other and why we must love each other. Switch. <laughs> Humans are overrated. <laughs> I don't... I want a mass genocide to take place <laughs> where all people die because they don't care about me. <laughs> I sit alone and nobody loves me and I've never been hugged. Humans are the worst. This movie should be renamed Sad Astra. Sad Astra. <laughs> Whatever your own personal problems are, okay? Whatever your own issues are with humanity and loneliness and uh, intellect and good looks and <laughs> <What>? scent. <laughs> when you go into a movie theater, you want to be transported. You want to be taken to another realm. And the, I have not seen a science fiction movie in recent history that has so completely convinced me of what the near future is going to look like. It was incredible. The level of detail that they went into to create the journey, not just from Earth to the moon, but from the moon to Mars and what Earth moon, what the, what the, what the moon bases looked like and what the Mars bases looked like. I mean, it was just mind-blowing. This movie is so hell-bent on concentrating on Brad Pitt's face. It is all close-ups. It's all about Brad Pitt that we don't actually see the massive. We never feel the scale of space. We never feel the scale of space travel. All we see is Brad Pitt and his blank face. What are you talking it is, about? It is mostly his. It, it, shots, it is his close-ups. There are shots close -ups. of him of them as a tiny speck in front of the rings of Neptune. There are shots of them floating through the vast nothingness that is space. You're telling me that there is no sense of These, scale? There How isn't. dare you? This movie is not about space travel at all. It just happens to take place during... This movie could Thank have you. all yes, taken exactly. place in a thing. Exactly, right? because this movie is about a single man's journey 
to his father. This is space is is another metaphor for the emptiness and, of his spirit and, and his that, soul. And that journey ends in such an anticlimactic way where he finds his father and he's just kind of like, no, I don't want to show up. Nothing happens. They blow up the thing and then he goes home and nothing so, ever happens. You know what the problem is? The problem is you've gotten so used to these bells and whistles, these drones that fly in <laughs> from nowhere and just, you know, blow shit up. You've gotten so used to Marvel movies and superheroes and explosions and all this stuff that you just can't comprehend something that has a meaningful message. Not, oh, I, I had no problems comprehending. Let's talk about that final scene where Tommy Lee Jones and Brad Pitt is, you know, they're in space and Tommy Lee Jones says, just let me go. Oh my God, so subtle. You just have to let him go to move on. Let me go. Let me go. This movie so what, what, does that what, what, over what you, and over so what again. What do you want him to say? It what, was what so, want, I don't want oh, him to God, say anything. This thing, this whole thing. What do you want him to say? Do you want him to say, ooga uh, booga booga? And then, and then what? Ooga booga. No. <laughs> I say ooga booga? I want the director and the studio to trust its audience and their intelligence and not demean it like this by telling us exactly, let me go. Oh, oh, now we get it. He has to let me go. If it's about this one man's journey, this is such wanted, a shallow way of sowing that journey. to come to terms with the loss of his father and he did have to let him go. Oh, no. He absolutely oh. did. And in that moment, in that moment, there was nothing more powerful than his father telling him to let him go. I, Any intellectualization. I was or, rolling or, my eyes oh my over God. that. It was trying to be intellectual. That's the problem. No, it was trying to be a metaphor. It was trying to be a metaphor. It was already a metaphor. If it was trying to be intellectual, it wouldn't have said let me go. It would have said something that was that would have no. been completely off the mark. They came down, they boiled it right down to the purest three Words. I let roll. Me go. I think I would let like me, to let, let you go. go. I think you need let me to go. go. Let I, me go. It is. I some let me go. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> uh, it is so on the nose, and that's how I would describe this entire film. And and then again, it is this is where we. Okay, you know what? Let me ask you this: What was even happening in Saturn? What was that big point you that they Neptune. were talking about? Neptune or yeah, whatever. Not Saturn. Do you know your planets? Okay, this movie is so up your up its own Uranus, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. just like you are right now, right? That it has these long, slow moments of just. Uh-huh. Brad Pitt just floating about in space yeah. for like 10 minutes, 15 well, minutes, well, just his face, no, there was more of like, his face. No, there was one section where he was losing his mind. And listen, man, the the closest that you can relate this to as far as the journey is concerned is the journey down the river in, in uh, Apocalypse Now, going through section after section of transformative of a transformative world and being guided by these by these by these sentinels along the way that oh, were I wanted apocalypse more, now one when more I was watching section, this film what they were taking him from one part of the world to another guiding him through on this journey this this film had so much depth and so many layers that down the years, we can watch it and rewatch. Speaking it. of VO, I think the VO in Apocalypse Now is an excellent example <laughs> yeah. of what you could do with this kind of film, with actual good dialogue, with mm-hmm. good VO, with good metaphors. This movie fails is a pale imitation of all of it. Switch. This movie <laughs> is what Francis Ford Coppola wanted to do all along, but couldn't. Into the heart of darkness, heart darkness, of darkness is space. Yeah, right. It's true. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And that's what this movie is. It is a modern apocalypse now. Brad Pitt 
is not strong enough to carry this film. And the excuse that they gave him was that he was so controlled that he would keep his, his pulse at 80. You know what? My pulse was at 70 this entire film because I felt nothing. Even during uh, the amazing baboon in space sequence, <laughs> the horror baboon sequence, that was so expertly it made, crafted. It was, it was it comical. Was all right. Comical. It was comical. It was, Come on, it's a monkey. It, it was in tense. Space. It was intense. And, uh, you know, that reveal of the baboon and how, you know, it was a stand in for his father. This movie, every what are you layer of about, it. Are you, are, you, are you saying that his father was like a baboon? I, mean, I don't understand how it was a stand in for his father. Explain this uh, connection that you're making. You don't understand. I just like, oh, well, he's a stand in for his father. He's like a wild animal in space that he's, uh, what? What? Switch. <laughs> The baboon was regarded as being supposedly this threat. They didn't know what the baboon was. They thought that this space vessel had what? been attacked, huh? right? I don't they understand. Didn't <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. So it ended up being what? Not that there was an alien on the ship. Not even after huh? seeing the claw marks. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> All right. What? <laughs> It ended up being something that humanity had brought itself. So his father was the furthest sentient life form from the earth, just like this baboon was okay. the furthest. So it life takes form. Brad Pitt his journey. It takes him what ninety days in total. We don't right know. I, I with don't everything. Remember. I don't remember. It, that doesn't sound too hard. Why has humanity not made this journey before? Why was no, well, that? Why have we not sent uh, another uh, uh, person to land on the moon? There are many economic and and, and no, but in that world, it that. is clearly so easy for people to but travel. But there's no reason they, for anyone to they, travel they, that far out because that maybe, mission failed. So why would they put the money? Hey, into you know what? Mission? Maybe bring back the you know the information from that mission. Maybe go further into space. But no, like they clearly have the technology to do it. They just don't do it. There was there were reasons political reasons or financial reasons that they didn't want to do it. And I mean, when it became pertinent that they do, their bases had that's been destroyed. That's an excuse you're giving. That move. This movie never talks about any of it. What it does talk about are the really stupid astronauts that all get those killed. Guys were, those guys were long-haul truckers. Those guys were not like some high, uh, you know, some NASA-trained high-end astronauts. They said it from the start. You know what those guys were doing? They were just hauling oh, people they, back and forth and, and popping these mood stabilizers. They don't need to be these astronauts to not like they had a no, Looney by, Tunes the way, Three Stooges like if you just put, a Looney Tunes Three oh Stooges oh my god the, the way them, they died one of them the, the main captain was extremely capable and he was the one that was murdered by a space baboon yes okay and that's one hell of a way to go to be murdered by a space absolutely baboon. tragic alright and then the co-captain froze he was just not up to he was not okay. up to it and he's the one who screwed everybody over Brad Pitt it was killed his fault. seven other people like literally no it was you, three you could, you could put like those Looney Tunes music in the background of that thing and it would play out like a comedy it all comes down to that one co-captain he's the one who screwed it up you know let me actually read what uh, some of your, you know, you you talked about how much <laughs> you loved this movie on Facebook. And this is what some of your friends have to say about it. I thought it was shit. Yes, good shots and animations, but a storyline by a failed writer, generic and bland. I saw it and felt nothing other than the emptiness of the script. But hey, just opinions. Well, I share your opinion Whoever this Gwyn House, Gwillem, Gwillem House. Yeah. Oh, Mark. Mark says. Yeah. You weren't worried about how stupid all the other <laughs> astronauts were. 
or how conveniently they died or freaked out, not allowing Brad to make over every turn, and the list of things that break or the laws of physics. Uh, so uh-huh. okay, so this first of all, this film was grounded in science fact, not science fiction. Oh, this right? movie it was the was closest. It was the closest uh, uh, approximation to things that could physically actually happen, and this was a point that they had made. You know what? Now you let don't me want. Respond. Wait, let me stop for you for a second. You know what? You never want to hear that a space film was grounded. You don't <laughs> want it to be grounded. You want it to be in space, Mark. The four other astronauts he hitched to ride with were long haulers on mood stabilizers. And the co-captain was out of his element after the SOS incident, so it didn't bother me as they were not prepared for what happened. The vision of the lunar base and the underground Martian colony felt more grounded than I'd seen before. It's impossible to get the science exactly right when creating a sci-fi, but they certainly get believably close until the last act. But the Martian also went wild in the last act. I think what I have to say is you need to get some new friends. Uh, Clearly, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Isam. <laughs> right. So, that brings us to the natural conclusion of this debate. Isam, you bastard! <laughs> Tell me what you really think. I really, really, <laughs> really love this film. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> How will our friendship survive uh, this series? I- <laughs> I'm worried that Switchflex uh, is going to be the end of this. I had a really good time, though, hating <laughs> on it. And just see, like, there's, like, veins on your head right now, like, just throbbing. Like, and I I, uh, I love it. I absolutely uh, love it. Uh, and, yes, I absolutely love this film, too. Yeah? Yeah. Well, how do you feel about yeah, it? What do you, well, I think that this movie was, along with Rocketman, the best movie of the year. By far. By far. It was so incredible. It was... It it was it did what a movie does when it's at its kind of peak. It actually changed the way that I feel. It actually affected me really deeply. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because I related to its story about yeah, this man's you know coming to terms with the loss of his father. Yeah, or I don't know if I related just to the incredible detail. Like when I say detail, I mean the care that they put into every shot and every scene and yeah. every moment. But it blew me away. It was something like... I haven't seen a movie like this in a long time. You... Well, you like Rocket Man in this, so we know you like Rocket movies. Clearly, there's a there's a theme here. Right? Um, I agree with almost everything you've said so far. Uh, I was just... Just on a visual level, let's start with that. This movie is just mind-blowing. It... We have seen a lot of space films, right? We have seen Gravity, we have seen Interstellar in the recent past, we have seen First Man, but this movie still manages to stand on its own and do something different uh, with the way it's shot. Uh, It has these kind of these long shots of just pathos. I don't know, we just see Brad Pitt and him in space and... I haven't seen anything ever like it. It, I, was it felt deliberate. like you were in alien worlds. Like when you're on the yeah. moon, you felt like you're on the moon. It's like these worlds that they've created, That's the coloring. Okay. It's, it's, uh, they, they managed to do something which was to make it both visually incredible, but have that be secondary to the tone and to the, 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 emotion. the momentum and the emotion of the film. So when you were watching it, the visual treat, the fact that it was so stunning to look at, was not the most, uh, the leading edge. The leading edge was the feeling that you had carrying with you the yep. whole film. And part of that was the, the score oh, and absolutely. the music and the, and the sound design. 
uh, that that just kind of kept you feeling this tension so that even though there were these drawn out scenes you were completely hooked the entire time because you knew that th there was this you were just on part of the journey of this like this 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 unified uh, emotional uh, arc that yeah. was happening you know and so like it it is such a divisive film and like you know we were looking at the comments on my facebook yeah. and it's it's funny but uh, people who most of the people who replied were not uh, you know they they were kind of uh, not they were not as impressed this movie is not for everyone it's Let's, really not for it's everyone it's not uh, it is a big space epic that is very introspective so it's kind of it's like an indie movie uh, kind of uh, spirit yeah. in, in an epic you know uh, scale kind of science fiction film and I think the things that I don't like about the film, there are things I don't like about the film, are in kind of because of that clash of of two kinds of films. Like, and I could be completely wrong here, but it did feel like a lot of the voiceover was unnecessary, and it was kind of like kind of the studio came in and said, "Hey, I know you're making this movie, but it's mostly silent, and there isn't a lot of dialogue. Like, why don't you put in some voiceover?" You know? Honestly, I'll, I'll you know, I. <laughs> Not like a Blade Runner esque thing, you know. Right, That's what fine, I remember. Fine, fine, but you know what? Like, I get that. I get that the voiceover can easily be a crutch. I get that the voiceover can easily be something that uh, are th is thrown in there because they don't want to make sure they want to make sure that it doesn't go over people's heads. But it was extremely well done. Maybe if you remove the voiceover, it might be a totally different experience, and it might leave a lot of room for us to kind of, uh, kind of imagine what's going on in his head. Or yeah. it might be it might kill the film. It might really make it so that it's so heavy that it murders it, you know? And I honestly think that the voiceover did help because there isn't a lot of dialogue. Yeah. There are a lot of, you know, pauses and moments. And I think it really did help to to have a, a narrator carry us along with the film. And I'm not someone who's just automatically going to kind of negate uh, that aspect of a film. I felt like, I felt like at the very least it did... It didn't. When I was watching it and I was listening to the voiceover, I was drawn in more. I didn't right. repel me. You know, I enjoyed that. I felt like anytime he was talking, he was saying things that was just like you know, a lot of it was this is you know this is what's going to my head. This is like it was obvious things. Like I think Brad Pitt does a great job of emoting uh, with so little that you get all of that without him having to say that. You know, uh, oh, I'm starting to get agitated now oh I'm in the like that's the kind of stuff that he's, he says it poetically there are some nice poetic lines in there but he is saying I enjoy, I enjoy a lot I, of those obvious things I, I get that I hear what you're saying but I felt like it added a letter it, it added a layer of narrative to the film that made me feel like I was both reading a book and watching a movie at the same time I don't know if that makes sense like yeah. it, it, it gave me another dimension to it that while I was experiencing the film at every other level um it felt very like a classic kind of science fiction novel at the same time and right. i like that i i okay. really enjoyed that you know so you know um there's a good chance that this was something that the director was forced to do i don't know yeah. honestly i should i really should i'm curious i don't know, know either it, but it's like it really did feel to me that he wanted to make a slightly different film and then it was because this is a 80 million dollar Brad Pitt film they had to kind of 
put it like the marketing for example is like this action I hated the, the film, marketing okay, right? I didn't hate the marketing but, but I think it was very misleading it's so and misleading. I think that really hurt the film's reception because yeah. it made people think that they were going in to see an action packed Brad Pitt Brad Pitt But those action sequences were, were the were best so action sequences of the year like I I don't think I've seen better action sequences this <laughs> year Brilliant right it was better than anything in Hobbs and Shaw or Yeah of uh, course Well maybe John Wick 3 had better action sequences but like apart from that like but not they are like those those are so hand to hand combat not the, like action set pieces right exactly the action sequences were so deliberate everything about them was brutal and deliberate yeah and they they didn't uh, overstay their welcome no. they weren't action for action's sake they were action for the story's sake yeah so uh, for example when they had like uh, the massive explosion uh, you know uh, for straight from the start it didn't uh, linger on people right. who were blowing up and no it was extremely contained and it's just focused on Brad Pitt uh, escaping from that from that scene yeah when there was the the moon uh, the what did I call it the zero gravity m- moon, moon uh, space pirate d- buggy uh, c- buggy uh, arches chase with laser, with laser guns, guns. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, and it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And as soon as they started <laughs> shooting the laser guns, I, my eyes lit up. I was like, "This is uh, amazing!" You know, like the history and the, the world they, they did create it, is so amazing. It felt like a real world, and that's the thing about it. Is yeah. like I felt like there are many stories that are, exist in this world, and this is only one of them. You know. Let me ask you this, because I I do think that you know how we talk about how like the metaphor is so obvious. I do think that you and I might have taken slightly different things out of the movie. What was the movie about for you? I really thought a lot about this, right? Yeah. So, uh, and it was through some conversations that I had that uh, it became apparent to me that uh, that this movie is about. Uh, and actually, I have to I have to credit a friend of mine, Ty, okay. with uh, with actually you know bringing this up. It felt like this movie was the story of a man coming to terms with the bereavement of his father. Right. Yeah. So. He had to go on this entire soul-searching journey to come to terms with the fact that his father was no longer there. Yeah. Say what he needed to to his father and then let him go and then come back as a changed man. I, so I saw that too, yeah. but to me it was also but a lot. But I don't think it's the only uh, but Of course. Yeah. I thought it was a lot about religion. That was my main oh, takeaway Oh, okay. That's interesting. It. Yeah. Yeah, because there, were a lot, there was a lot of uh, uh, kind of apparent like, religion. To yeah. me it was about kind it's about faith and a man's search for god right yeah. and kind of the aliens are in a way like a stand in for god and we pe- as people they're like searching for aliens till they eventually find that hey you know maybe we're there is alone. no god we're all alone and instead of that being a dark thing where there's no hope and there's no it is actually saying that hey that means you know we have each other and we all yeah. that's all we have i i think that it can be more than one thing yes. i think that a good film has that complexity and yeah. I, I see exactly what you're saying you know yeah and I don't know if we've talked about this in our discussion but I think Brad Pitt gives an amazing performance he carries the whole film he's like he, he's magnetic he has back you know sorry about the pun but uh, a lot of gravity uh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not sorry I have that you're not sorry yeah. at all <laughs> He gives a very grounded performance <laughs> that has so much gravitas, yeah, and yeah. I I thought he was he carried the whole film in a way. He's a star. He is a star. Just keep keep going. That's it. You're done. How many divisive space movies would you give this <laughs> film? Eight point eight. Eight point eight. 
8.8? How could you? How dare you? 8.8. Oh, my God. I give it a 10. Uh, a 10. I give it a 10. A full-on 10. Full-on You have 10. not changed your mind since you no, watched this no, movie. No, this movie, as far as I'm concerned, is a 10. I, I absolutely, the, based purely on what it was trying to do, Yeah, it achieved it perfectly. It was maybe for some people they didn't get it. It wasn't up to what they were looking for or didn't resonate with them. But it resonated with me so deeply that I'd be lying if I didn't say that it was a 10. Thank you for listening to Switch Flicks. If you loved or hated the show, please do rate, subscribe, and leave some comments. It really helps us grow the podcast and community. Your support is the wind beneath our rocket. And on the 30th of September, we will be doing our first live SwitchFlix event. Uh, we will be posting details on our Instagram and Facebook page, and we will be reviewing Titanic. Oh, yeah. <laughs>